Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining me on the Word Podcast. Uh, If you've been with us for a while, you know we've been working our way through the Gospel of John, but the last couple of episodes... Do a little sidebar right here <clears throat> related to particularly praying for a nation. It's sort of that time of year at the time we're doing these podcasts right now when we celebrate uh, the foundational liberties when we separated from Great Britain and that kind of stuff. So uh, I thought it would do, we'd do well just to be reminded of how we are to pray for a nation. Now, of course, when you start looking at some of this stuff, it gets <clears throat> more interesting, doesn't it? We looked at Daniel chapter 9, that great prayer. And you know what? I may go back here and spend some more time with that later. I simply don't know. But uh, Ezra 9 is where we are right now. And we saw in the first four verses yesterday that Ezra had become aware that the people had sinned and they had not separated themselves from the people of the land. And if the rulers were the ones that were leading out of this, they were intermarrying. That's what they were doing. So Ezra's response was that he tore his garment, he tore his cloak, he pulled his hair from his head and beard, and he sat there appalled. And then we left it off in the last episode in verse 4 with this great verse. Listen to this, Ezra chapter 9, verse 4. Then all who trembled at the words of the God of Israel. So it's talking about the people that trembled at the words of the God of Israel. And this would have been a minority group, okay? They were the ones that knew the word, that gave heed to it, that literally trembled at it. And here's why that trembled at the words of the God of Israel because of the faithlessness of the returned exiles. They were trembling because the ones who had returned, some of them, if not a major portion of them, were faithless, and they were acting faithless, and they were intermarrying, and they were doing things they shouldn't have been doing. These people, I'm going to call them tremblers, (laughs) these tremblers, gathered around me, that's Ezra, while I sat appalled until the evening sacrifice. So he sits there in his humiliation with uh, pieces of hair out of his beard, out of his head, with his uh, robes torn, with his cloak torn, and he's sitting there appalled all day long until the evening sacrifice. Then verse 5, And at the evening sacrifice, I rose from my fasting, so he'd been fasting all day, with my garment and my cloak torn, and I fell upon my knees and spread out my hands, to the Lord my God. So you see what he's doing? He had fallen before the Lord, and he laid there and just sat there appalled. Then he arose up upon his knees, which is not a very comfortable position if you've ever had to do that, and then raised his hands, spread his hands out to the Lord his God. Now, I don't know if he spread his hands out with his face to the Lord his God or if he... uh, laid his hands out and bowed down, sort of prostrate before the Lord, which is what I suspect it was, that he did not lift his eyes up. And then he said this, and this is the actual prayer, beginning with verse 6, saying, Oh, my God, I am ashamed and embarrassed. I blush to lift my face to you. That's the reason I'm thinking he probably didn't lift his face to him, right? I am ashamed to lift my face to you, my God, for our iniquities have risen higher than our heads, and our guilt has mounted up to the heavens. So he's doing the same thing that uh, Daniel did. He's acknowledging 
<clears throat> what the people have done and that he is among the people. And so he's not sitting there pointing the finger saying, they have done this, they have done that, even though he himself had not done it. Okay, He realized that he was a part of the people who've done this. And he says, our iniquities have risen higher than our heads, and our guilt has mounted up to the heavens. Verse 7, for the days, from the days of our fathers to this day, we have been in great guilt. <clears throat> and for our iniquities, we... Our kings and our priests have been given into the hand of the kings of the land to sword, to captivity, to plundering, and to utter shame as it is today. So he's acknowledging that it's because of their guilt, their great guilt, that it's because of their iniquity that his fathers, their fathers from long ago had been guilty, the kings, the priests. And because of that, God had given them over in the kings of other lands. The northern kingdom was hauled off into captivity in 721-722 B.C. by the Assyrians. The southern kingdom was hauled off into captivity, and it was completed by 586 B.C. by the Babylonians. Now, that's the group that has returned back, and they're in the process of restoring and rebuilding things, and yet they're acting the same way. <clears throat> they're not obeying the Lord. And he says, because of this, we have been hauled off captivity. We've been plundered, and utter shame is upon us today. Verse 8, but now, for a brief moment, has been shown by the Lord our God to leave us a remnant and to give us a secure hold within this holy place, that our God may brighten our eyes and grant us a little reviving in our slavery. So Ezra is acknowledging that what's happening right now is a moment of favor. Uh, I like the King James. Listen to this. And now, for a little space, grace has been shown from the Lord our God. For a little space, grace. Ezra is acknowledging that they're living in a blessed time, a time when this remnant was allowed to come back, and he describes it as they have a secure hold within his holy place. Or that was New American Standards got an interesting way. Where is that? Yeah, to give us a peg in this holy place. The King James says to give us a nail in this holy place. And it's like you've come into a holy, wonderful, marvelous place, and there's a little peg right there where you can hang your hat or hang your cloak. And that's how he's describing the remnant, that we're just hanging here by your grace in this holy place. <clears throat> and the purpose is that God may brighten our eyes, enlighten our eyes, and grant us a little relief, a little reviving from our slavery, okay, from our bondage. In other words, it's the Lord that is doing this. And even in the midst of him doing that, what were they doing? They were being unfaithful. And the example being used right here was they had gone out and they had married foreign women. Let's read one more verse. Verse 9. For we are slaves, yet our God has not forsaken us in our slavery, but has extended to us his steadfast love before the kings of Persia to grant us some reviving, to set up the house of our God, to repair its ruins, and to give us protection in Judea and Jerusalem. So Ezra is acknowledging that it's the kings of Persia 
in uh, Persian, the Medo-Persian Empire had conquered the Babylonian power, power and shortly thereafter, uh, their king heard from the scripture and realized what was going on, and he granted the Jews, the Hebrews, the ability to go back home. He said, you're set free. You can go. Only a very small portion went, and people debate over how much, but it doesn't matter. Most of them remained there because they were comfortable. But a portion of them had come back, and Ezra describes that as God extending his steadfast love through the kings of Persia to grant us that reviving, he says, to set up the house of our God. The house of God had been destroyed. Okay, The Babylonians had destroyed it, and now they're able to come back and to set that up to repair its ruins and that the Lord was the one giving protection in Judea and Jerusalem. So this is how Ezra was praying. In the midst of the sin, he's about to ask for forgiveness for what they're doing, and he is right now. But he's acknowledging that what had happened to them was what they deserved. And he's acknowledging now that God is the one that's extending his love, that God's the one that's granting the reviving, to set up this house, to repair the ruins of Jerusalem. And it's God who's bringing protection. Folks, we need to acknowledge the same thing. We have tremendous blood upon our hands as a nation. We need to repent. We need to acknowledge that it was God that extended his love to us, that at this moment right now, he's granting a reprieve. He's granting reprieve. We need to repent. Again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for being with me, and I'll see you again next time.